Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just want to um, share my heart with you for just a second, and then I want to share with you what, what the Lord's been showing me out of prayer. But um, this... Um, we were talking about love this morning and prayer and and how um, faith, hope, and love. And without love, then you're not uh, really showing who Jesus is on the inside of you, even though that seed is there. And so a lot of times I'm talking about myself. And so because just like salvation, the more you tell people that you've been born again, the more real that becomes to you. And so I just want to uh, share with you guys what God has been showing me and and it's been a process it's been you know it's been coming and it's been I've just been getting before the Lord and little by little and and there's even reasons for even that but um, when it comes to uh, envying and strife and confusion and and uh, how that that works and it worked in my life and uh, caused um, it caused some destruction. It caused some sabotage. And so for that, I want to just, you know, tell you guys that I'm sorry. And um, I just want to be changed. I know that. I know that I want uh, to do what God's called me to do. And he's called me to be an evangelist. He's called me to win souls, to win my family. And I don't take it lightly to even be up here on this platform because I know this is a holy place to be and that God guards this and I thank God for for Apostle Angie for giving me the opportunity to even do what God's called me to do and I honor you for that today and I, and I just want to um, just expose just a little bit and then I have a song that I want to sing um, and then I want to share the rest of what God gave me but envying, James 3.16 says, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. And so I started looking at myself. Okay, you know, Lord, I just want to know. Look in my heart. I have this in me, and I don't want it to be there. And so I just laid it out before the Lord, and I just put myself on the altar and, and just said, I have this, and I don't want it. And so he started showing me um, how to, I've just been trying to grow in the Lord and to look in, looking up words and not just scriptures and what they actually mean. So envy is a feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, quality, or luck. And so envying, I had to look at myself and how that uh, operated in my life and and I would envy um, different attributes about people and, and want to be uh, be able to do what they did. But God didn't call me to be like somebody else. He called me to be who he called me to be. And so I had to let God show that and expose it in my heart. And so um, I just let him, you know, just 
for real wanting him to, to do that work. So when it started feeling uncomfortable and things started getting exposed, I didn't run this time. I stayed and, and, I, and I want God to change my life. So when, when it's exposing you and, and you find out that you really do these things, envying and in strife and, and causing confusion, just a little bit, the very little bitty things would cause confusion in, in some of the things that I'd done, and I couldn't figure out why that was happening all the time. But God, because it was a spirit in operation in my life, and Jesus said that he's coming back for his bride without spot or blemish, and if I put myself at the altar and I ask him to show me, then he's going to reveal it, and then he can help me and show me how to get that out of my heart. And so... Um, I just love you guys, and um, I thank God. I thank God for a church that lets me be me, that lets me, if I make a mistake, y'all love me anyway, okay? <laughs> so thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to attempt to sing this song. Um, I love the Lord so much, and just ask him to, to sing through me. It goes with the message that he gave me or the word that he's been showing me. Um, for the rest of this, so, and I'm an acapella singer because I can't follow music, <laughs> so, <laughs> but Jesus can, so, in prisoner's chains with bleeding stripes, Paul and Silas, they prayed that night, and in chains were loosed and they were free I bless your name I bless your name I give you your name I bless your name some midnight hour if you should find your
bless your name. We bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All the glory, all the honor to you, God. We just thank you today. Thank you, Jesus. I want to thank my daughter for coming today. Courtney, I love you, and I'm glad you come to support me today. It means a lot to me. And so um, since the beginning of November, uh, I've just been coming up here and just been crying out to God because I want to be free, and I want God's people to be free. And I know whatever God's having me share today is not just for me, and that if you'll open your heart and open your spirit up and let uh, the Word of God look down on the inside of you and ask yourself, do I have any of these things that I'm going to share with you? And let God change your heart and let Him give you a new heart today. So um, November the 2nd, actually, I actually wrote the date down that day, and I come up here and was crying out to God and um, asking to... Just, just get in his presence. Pastor Barbara, I mean, um, Pastor Dana had been teaching at the School of Ministry, and I just have to say, y'all, this School of Ministry is amazing, and your life can be changed, and I just I encourage you to um, be a part of that uh, this next semester. But in one of her teachings, she said um, that when she would come to prayer, that she would sometimes feel like she couldn't get that breakthrough but that she determined in herself to stay at the feet of Jesus and to push until she pressed in and got into his presence. Well, I struggled with the same thing, and I could uh, be at home in prayer in prayer, and not feel like that I was even going above the, the ceiling. But when I would come in here with a body of people, which there is power in agreement, um, then it would, you know, the breakthrough would come. And so, but what that caused me to do was always come in here with my own problem and not look to God. Um, and he has changed me a lot in that area, and I thank God for that because I want people to be free um, through God's word. And so, um, and I want his love to come through me and, and not a mean spirit, not anger or frustration. So I'm going to tell y'all today what God showed me that day up here and it was pretty awesome because I, I was not thinking about um, anything except getting in his presence and just letting him speak to me and he did and so he said I want I want to expose a python spirit never even heard of it I've heard about a leviathan spirit but I'd never heard about a python spirit didn't even know if it was in the bible so um, I started looking that up and uh, just praying and asking the Lord to show me and, and reveal to me how a python spirit is. Well, we know what a python snake does. It'll coil its uh, victim up and, until it squeezes all the life out of it. And then that python, um, you know, that's his meal. And so he devours it. And so, um, let's see. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So a python squeezes its victim until there's no life, what I just said. Um, I want to try to stick to my notes as much as I can and not and just let God use me. No matter what I do to try to press into God, this thing would cut me off and um, wouldn't allow me. Just And how did it even get there? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show all of that to you. I'm going to tell you what a python spirit does. It works to squeeze out the Holy Spirit. 
It works to come and steal everything that Jesus did on the inside of you. It's a, it's a demon. It's a demon spirit is what it is. So, amen. We're going to look and see what the Bible says because, like I said, I didn't even know that that was in the Bible. But in Acts 16, 16, where it's talking about where Paul and uh, Silas had gone to um, this town and, and they had been preaching in this town for two or three days. So uh, verse 16, Acts 16 says, And it came to pass, as he went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Okay, first of all, I just thought that meant um, that she worked witchcraft and she would tell people's fortunes and, and, you know, things like that to bring money in. And that was part of it for them. So the girl, uh, she followed them. Now she's irritating Paul. Paul's not liking this girl constantly running behind them. These are the men of God, of the Most High God. They come to reveal the set plan of salvation. You know, those are my words. And so the few days go by and she's constantly going after them and constantly saying that over them that Paul turns around and said come out <laughs> you come out of her in the name of Jesus so um, I want to want to look at the word divination it comes from the Greek word python which translate in the English python so that python spirit was keeping that girl and keeping me and keeping others from even enjoying their salvation or even uh, to even be saved. It would keep you from coming and getting in the presence of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your heart. So it says uh, the word hour, you know, it, in that hour. So it didn't just, you know, they, they call that thing out. There's, there's other things that come along with the python spirit because it has manifestations. And so... Um, let me look over here. I don't want to. I want to get this right because I want to expose the spirit and how it operates. So I want to. Uh, you know, we think at this place right here. Whenever um, we get saved and we give our heart to the Lord, it says, you know, that old things pass away and behold, all things become new. And so I'm seeking after this God, this newness. I want this newness in my heart. But this uh, python spirit was trying to, trying to even squeeze out the very fact that I knew that I knew that I was born again. But God, he's, he's bigger than any, any demonic spirit or any activity in the heavenlies. And so Ephesians 6 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness of this world. So if Paul and Silas was taking authority over demonic spirits in their day, guess what? We do too. We go into the spirit realm. We cry out to the Lord. We ask him why we're doing what we're doing. This thing is manifesting. I'm being mean and I'm being ugly. I'm cutting people off, Lord. I'm sabotaging. I'm, I'm envious. I'm full of strife and, and I don't want to be like this. So will you show me, God? And just I just keep, it's like I... Um, you're cutting a tree down or you're chiseling some wood. You start in one spot, but you keep on and you keep on till you get where you want to get until that thing is completely broken. And so the vision of this ministry is to root out, to pluck up, to utterly destroy, but then to build and to plant so that we can grow in the Lord. Amen. So uh, what does the python spirit do? 
first it's stubborn and rebellious. Whoop! It's rebellious against God. Rebellious against God. So, but these are the things um, I want to read. It, I, I read this. It says, the agenda of the python spirit is to remind you of old wounds of your past, to surround you with ungodly influences that tempt you to, be, to compromise the word of God, or just hits you with circumstances that back, uh, that knock, it'll knock the wind out of you. So that's what the python spirit does. It doesn't want you to be able to go forward in God. Amen. So um, these are Paul and Silas. Paul said, you know, when I said a while ago they had to pray and pull down demonic spirits, it says that Paul said, I pray more than you all. So we can come to prayer every day. We can seek God every day. We can get in the word every day. But if the python spirit can slither in in any way, in any area, in any direction, then he's going to give it a shot. And I'm saying these are the, um, these are the things that God showed me because he wants us to be free. He wants us to know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world and that the gates of hell cannot prevail against his church. Amen. So he says these are the things that it causes, and this is what I want you to look at and, and just ask, you know, the Lord, do I do this? Because that's important. Lord, do I do this? But it causes insomnia. It causes lack of spiritual growth, media, deception, pride, reading disabilities, and or personal bickering. It also causes weariness. Loss of passion to worship and to pray. It causes you to feel pressured, overwhelmed, helpless, and even helplessness. But the severity, the severity of that spirit in operation in your life is it depends on um, how much, how long it's been crawling around you. So when I, when I sing that song, it says, these chains will fall. So Jesus wants to break those chains and that, and that cooling spirit that keeps you from doing, doing what all God calls, called you to do. So 1 Samuel 15, 23 says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being, uh, from being king. But Jesus said that we're kings and priests. So we can have what God says we can have. We just have to allow the Holy Spirit to look in our hearts and ask him, Lord, show me what's in me. Do I do any of these things? Because I don't want a spirit of witchcraft operating in my life. And so um, the first thing in this story, um, King Saul had, had disobeyed God. First he did what wasn't his calling. He went out and he done what the prophet was supposed to be doing. He didn't wait on him. And he did it in his own self, so stubbornness. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do. I'm going to show up when I want to. I'm going to do it how I want to. I'm not going to uh, wait on anybody else. I'm not going to let anybody tell me what to do. I'm my own person, and nobody's going to tell me what to do. I control my own life. Well, control is not from God. Control comes from the enemy of your soul who wants to keep you from entering into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, and so the second thing he did was um, 
God, God told them when you go into the Amalekites to destroy them, utterly destroy everything about them. But King Saul didn't do that. What he did was kept back. He kept the king's wife, and he kept uh, the best flock, the best of the, the flocks. But when Samuel came in, and he said, what is this bleeding that I hear in my ears? You didn't do what I told you to do, and brought in the king and his wife. Well, the king's wife got away, and he, um, you know, utterly destroyed, because that's what God said. We want to utterly destroy the works of the enemy. We don't want to allow the enemy to have any area of our lives, and we have to press in and allow the Holy Spirit to show us. It's called pressed in for a reason, because we want to get to that place where even when it's uncomfortable and you want to just get mad, throw your keys down and walk out the back door and never come back, that you stay and you press in and you say, God, I want to be free. You called me to be a part of Freedom Ministries. You called me to be a part of this family, and I want to do what you called me to do. So, God, I'm staying. I'm staying. I'm grabbing a hold of Jesus. I'm grabbing a hold of this word, God, that you're no respecter of persons, and what you've done for one, you'll do for another, God, because it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter how young we are. The Spirit does not care about you. It does not care anything what you've done for God. It doesn't care. It just is here to destroy you. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. You are greater than any spirit, any demon spirit, God. So witchcraft, witchcraft is the effort to manipulate the spirit world through demon spirits. And how is it rebellion? To rebel against God's order is to make matter, take matters into your own hands, which is the same as witchcraft. I'm going to do it my way. Pastor gave me counsel. Pastor gave me counsel. But I think it's going to work better if I do it this way. So I'll go and do it that way. Well, when it falls apart, it doesn't work for you. You got to go back to where your counsel was given to you and ask the Lord to forgive you for rebelling against authority for one, rebelling against wise counsel. Because Psalms, I think it's in Psalms, it may be Proverbs, says to seek not counsel from the ungodly, but from the Lord, from the wise, from the counsel of, the, of God. And I, I know that scripture by heart, but like I said, y'all love me anyway, right? Amen. Stubbornness, it refuses to believe God's word. You know, and I believe it's in Revelation, it says, these, these shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. The unbelieving goes along with all, all the others, idolatry, witchcraft, sorcery, um, whoremongers, all of that. It all, it goes right in with it. So I don't want a spirit of unbelief in me, and I don't believe you do either. And so, um, oh God, we give you praise. Now, we, we, just, we do want to make sure that we understand we're not talking about a person. We're talking about a spirit here. We're talking about how a spirit operates and keeps you, God's people, or those that want to serve God from coming to him. Okay, so I want to um, just say that through all of this, uh, you know, I kept doing the things that were right. I kept coming to church. I kept coming to prayer. I kept coming and, and giving my tithes. I kept um, doing whatever I could do, and then, but this spirit was still in operation, and so. I, but I wanted to be free, okay? So, but the spirit of Python, it wouldn't let go of me until Jesus, until I started crying out, God, what is this in me? 
show me. I see that I do operate in some of these things. I see that I do have jealousy. I see that I do have strife. I see that I do, and I don't put it on anybody else. Well, you know, she said, you know what he said? Um, they said this, and they said that. No, it's about me. God, I come to you about me. I am not worried about anybody else and what they got, but, God, I want to be free. I want them to be free, but I got to be free, God. So I'm asking you to to just, uh, I mean, just I, sometimes I see the, um, the shofar being scraped out because we're just like that. We're being scraped out and cleaned up because we uh, God wants us to be white as snow, a vessel for his use. So... So we even, um, we even are, get certain victories in certain areas of our life. And so we walk in, because we are, this ministry is to teach us to live in victory 100% of the time over 100% of the enemy. And this is part of it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So uh, let's see. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so let's look at Psalms. 68 6 because this is another thing that happens when you walk in stubbornness and and rebellion rebelliousness towards God it says the rebellious dwell in a dry land I don't know about y'all but I I want my tree to be fruitful and I want to I want my family to prosper I want my marriage to prosper I want the ministry to prosper I want everything God has for me to prosper so stubbornness, I want to define stubbornness as a dogged determination not to change one's attitude or position on something. It's arrogant, doing what you want instead of what God wants. So we saw that pride is one of the other ways that that python spirit operates. Pride is a big thing. You know, it's really big, you know, and I always heard, you know, that that was something me and had, but no, it's not. Excuse me. Pride was something I had. And so uh, Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. <laughs> that just reminded me of uh, pride. Courtney was about 10 years old, and she would ask me to go to church with her. Mama, come go to church with me. Mama, come go to church with me. Just constantly at me to go to church. Well, I didn't want to serve God back then. And I said, if you ask me one more time, I'm going to spank you. Don't ask me again. But... It wasn't but a couple of days, you know, those, if they say it enough, eventually you're going to hear it. <laughs> and so um, I said, God, if I fall flat on my face, I'll serve you. Woo, Jesus. So guess what happened? I fell flat on my face. But God immediately reminded me of that word that I said. And the next Sunday I was in charge and I've been there ever since. So Courtney, thank you for not stopping. Proverbs 8, 13 through 21. I'm going to read it out of here because I like some of the, um, the words the commentary had to say. Uh, thank you, Jesus. I give you praise. 13, chapter 8, verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil and arrogancy and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding and I have strength. Don't y'all want that? I do. I want that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes is rule, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. 
I love them who love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, that we can find you. Riches and honor are with me. Yes, durable riches and righteousness. So his riches, the riches that God has for us are found in him and not in ourselves. We can't make it happen. Jesus wants us just to follow after him and look to him to be our source and to be our our guide. In this commentary, it says the riches given by the word of God are durable and do not flee away as gold and silver. So you can hold fast on them. You can hold on to them. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. Amen. (laughs) I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of my paths of judgment, that I may cause those who love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. So anything I felt like that I was going to lose in this process, if I allowed God to have it and just gave it to him, then he said, you don't give anything up for me that I don't give back to you in this lifetime. So it's no loss left. There's no loss in serving God. He just wants all of our heart. He wants all of us. And so um, surrendering to God was the, the issue in my heart because I thought I had. You know, I asked you to be my Lord. I asked you to be my Savior. But God wanted all of me. There was parts of me that I held back. And I thought about Ananias and Sapphira when I, when I um, come to this because when they sold their property, They brought what they wanted to bring and not the whole price. When nobody told them to even do that, they could have kept it all. And they decided to lie to the Holy Ghost. And Jesus doesn't want us to hold anything back from him. He wants us to surrender everything that's done on the inside of us. And Sister Charlotte brought it. uh, It's just always stood out to me about the heart and how the chamber of the heart is four, four chambers of your heart. And when Jesus walks in, that he can cleanse and change your heart in each area of your life. And so I do. I want him to do that in me, and I want him to do that in you. And so um, his way is much better than our way. So when we try to do it in ourselves, and we, you know, God, I, I can do this. I can do this. Like, I'm better than him. <laughs> I'm not better than him. I can't, I can't save you. I cannot save you. He said, you can't even come to me unless my spirit draws you. So I can't, I can't, I'm not God. I can't fix your problems. I can't do it for you. But Jesus can. His ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. There is none like. Just focus on him this morning. The enemy... A lot of times when you preach that kind of word about a python spirit, no wonder there was so much warfare this weekend and so much um, in the prayer I couldn't even hardly teach. It's because that thing, that thing just wants to smother. It wants to choke out the life of God. Have you ever felt anything choking you? One time I was at home and I was praying over preaching on Sunday and I was Um, you know, when something's fighting you, a a spirit of control. Have you ever had a spirit of control fight you? A lot of times in our homes, in our marriages, or on our jobs, it's somebody that wants us to serve them, and they'll fight you having any life. That thing comes to get all of your life. It comes to, I call it, snuff the life out of you. (laughs) It comes to snuff the life out of you. And so that thing, I was... I didn't even, I knew, I knew the 
the person in the spirit that was fighting me because I already saw their face two times in the spirit. And then all of a sudden, I, it was choking me. I've never had that experience except for that time when I was fighting Jezebel for years. And then one more time when I was fighting strife, when I was in Conway and I couldn't breathe at night. And I would just say, Jesus, Jesus. And, and something literally was choking. And about 5 o'clock in the morning, it broke. And then the prophet of God came in that church up there. And he told me, he said, you've made the devil mad. I've, I never met this man before and he came from uh, Texarkana and had a word for Apostle Darla's church and he looked at me when I was preaching he, and, and afterwards he came to me and he said you made the devil mad and I said um, yeah he said because you're coming to help another church when you have your own church and you left that when it was prospering and you come up here well, I never left y'all. You're overseeing that, and you come up here to, to help someone else and to bring unity, and you've made the devil mad. And I said, yeah. And he said, and I saw a dragon walk in this church when you were preaching. He said, this dragon was so big, and I told the intercessor and the other prophet, I see a dragon, and that dragon, that dragon um, came in and tried to stop what God was doing, like he's, I don't see no dragon today, but that python spirit wants to stop what God wants to do today, and he wants to choke the life of God out of us, but we're not going to let him, because she been fasting and praying and seeking God for this word, and we're going to let God do what he wants to do, so that day, he said, but an angel of the Lord walked in and dragged that dragon and took him out, and the presence of God fell, and God changed lives. And then when I came home, the spirit of strife had broken out over this church where people were coming against Freedom Ministries and talking about us and slandering us and blaspheming and everything else. And no, I'm not perfect, but I've always wanted him. And I can honestly say with everything in my heart, I didn't do anything on purpose to do anything to hurt anybody. And that strife had to break. And things changed in this area about our church and our ministry and I've never felt that thing since and that was last year so if there's something choking you today if there's something that's trying to stifle out your life something that's trying to kill you something that you can't even you don't even know who you are anymore it's like I don't even know who I am anymore I'm somebody that that I wasn't before I even got saved because so much warfare and I'm speaking for somebody else so much warfare has come against you. So many mind battles has come against you. You don't even know who you are. Woo. Let's look at this. Luke 15. I was talking about, I woke up at the beginning of the week and these three words came to me. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Faith, hope, and love, these three abide. These three last forever. Not how much you can preach, not how much you can sing, not how much you can prophesy, but faith, hope, and love. And God reminded me of the prodigal. And there's some prodigals in here today, and there's some prodigals out there that we're speaking to online, and, and God's wanting to say something to you this morning. You may not be attacked by the python, but you may be attacked from a backsliding spirit. You may be attacked from guilt that you don't think you can ever 
come forward anymore because of things that you've done in your past. But God's got a word for you today. Luke 15, verse 11, and he said, A certain man had two sons, and the youngest of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me, and he divided them to his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took the journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. There's people right now that's in want out there, and we have to go get them, and we have to tell them that God said that they won't lack any good thing if they'll serve him, and there's no want for them. There's no want in their life because of God. In verse 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. Have you joined yourself to a python spirit? Have you joined yourself to a controlling spirit? Have you had fellowship with people that's talking about the men and women of God? Have you had fellowship with them? Have you joined yourself with them? Have you joined yourself in strife? Have you joined yourself to a citizen of that country? And he sent him into the fields to go feed the swine. And he, and he would uh, fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. He was eating what the pigs eat. How many ever went out there? I did. I backslid. Um, I was saved for years, had my babies, all of that, and backslid. And I was out there with the pigs. I was out there without even a refrigerator to put my baby's milk in. So I've eaten with the swans. And I thought, God, I had it made. I didn't even realize what being saved had done for me until I got out there without God. He says... He, built, he filled his belly with the husk that the pigs ate, and no man gave him anything. And when he came to himself, somebody said, I got to come to myself today. Woo. If I operate in the spirit of control, I got to admit it. I got to quit it. I got to say, God, I don't want to do Some people do it because they think they're going to get what they want, but they don't realize what that's doing to their children. They don't realize what it's doing to their families. Julie had a dream one time. Someone's kids was in the car, and, and they had the, there was a wreck. And they saved themselves, but none of their children come out of the car. And I was sitting there when they told this person this dream, and they made light of it and walked out, da-da-da-da-da. And their kid is not serving God today. They're the only ones serving God today. So, yeah, they saved their self, but they didn't save their children. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk. And verse 17 says, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger? I was telling Tim, we have six students, you know, that I, I try to make sure they got something to eat. Four live with us and two in the church. And I told him, I said, the most grateful ones is the ones that's been broken. The most grateful are the ones that don't feel entitled. The most grateful are the ones, maybe we need to get some that's been through a little something because when they come out of that, they're a little grateful. And they, see, they say, what can I do to help? What can I do? You know, like fairs, like I made dumplings for after church today. Amen. So 
he says, when he came to himself, he, his father had bread enough, and I'll just go be a servant. We need to get that humble. <laughs> we need to quit being arrogant, thinking somebody owes us something. You go to work and feed me, and you, you do this for me. And No, uh, when you've been through something, you'll start being humble. That's what I was telling my daughter the other day that's going through some serious things. And I said, Michelle, and she said, I try to open up. And I said, Michelle, when people can talk to you that way, they ain't been through enough. When they've been broken, when they've had enough circumstances in their life, they'll be a little more humble. He says, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. He didn't say, I sinned because they made me. I sinned because they didn't do right. I sinned because nobody spoke to me at church. I didn't go the next week because they didn't speak. I didn't feel like nobody loved me. He said, I have sinned against you. I will arise and go and say, help me. I'm going to acknowledge my sin in verse 19. And, and no more. I'm no worthy to even be called a son. Make me as one of your hired slaves. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father wasn't just sitting around pious. And it's like, he'll come home when he knows to do right. And when he, he no, he was waiting for him. He arose and he came. And when his father came, when the son was afar off, his father saw him. He'd been looking for him. He's looking for him. And he had compassion. He had compassion. And ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Some of y'all need to go forward and put a ring on somebody's finger and quit making them wait for you. And bring here the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. He was lost and he's found. There's people here today and they're lost and God wants to find you. He's found you and he sent you to the house of God to answer his call. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing and he called one of his servants. He didn't go to the father. Some of you talk about your preacher, but you ain't going to them. You calling other people wanting to talk about them. Verse 26, he said, and he called one of his servants, and asked him, what's going on? And he said to him, your brother is come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he received him safe and sound. God wants us safe and sound today. Verse 28, he was angry. So the elder son, he represents self-righteous and Pharisees, and the other son that's so bad, he represents the sinner, what people think is so bad. Because he received him safe and sound, and he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and helped him. And he answered and said to his father, These many years do I serve you. Neither transgressed I at any time. Oh, is that self-righteous? So all these years you had not done anything wrong? I never transgressed you. At any time, your commandment, and yet you never gave me a kid that I might, might, might make merry with my friends. 
But as soon as your son comes and he's devoured all your money, well, that was the son's money. It was his inheritance. It wasn't the father's anymore. You have killed for him the fatted calf. And he said to him, Son, you are ever with me, and all that I have is yours. You know, this is a good saying because there are people that stay and been faithful. But one time my husband told me, I said, Baby, you spoke to everybody in the restaurant but me. He'd been working 12 hours, and we had a kid's birthday. I said, He don't mind me sharing. I've, I've shared it before. He says, Hey, hey, hugging everybody in there. And I was sitting there with my hands folded, you know, feeling dishonored and disrespected. I said, you spoke to everybody but me, and I've been waiting on you 12 hours today to see you. He said, I already got you. That ain't something you need to tell your wife, okay? That's what he said. That's what he said to him. Son, you're ever with me, and all that I have is yours. I already got you. We need to appreciate the ones that we already got. We need to say thank you for staying. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Pastor Barbara, for staying. Thank you, Monica, for staying and not running. I appreciate you. He says, it was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this your brother was dead, and now he's alive. He was lost, and now he's found. So I just want to encourage you today to come to the altar and let Monica pray for you, whether you need to be saved today, whether you're that elder brother that feels like you're left out, whether you're that one that's self-righteous and arrogant and think that everybody's got to pay the piper before. Do you know that when I backslid, I didn't speak in tongues for eight years. When I walked out of a church, it was my fault for walking out. But they put so much persecution on my mom, and I wasn't brought up in religion. And all she did was give a message in tongues and interpret it. And the women would go in the pastor's office and say, you need to do something with her. You need to do something with her. And a bunch of times of that kind of stuff. And one day, I walked out. I remember exactly my left leg went first. I said, God, if this is what... Being a Christian is, I don't want anything to do with it. And I turned around and walked out and was backslid for eight years. I lost my marriage. But I didn't want that. I didn't want that. And I don't want that now. I don't want to be in a self-righteous church. Because it's mean. Self-righteous is mean. self is the main word. It's all about me. It's all about what I've done. It's all about how good I am. And my kids need to be good too so you can see that I'm good. Me and Monica talked about that yesterday, how, you know, we were talking about that, how we feel good if our kids are doing good and how that's self-righteous because we try to make them do right. We try to control, try to make them do right, not because we care but because that's not the main reason. The main reason, because we look good. Because if my kids are doing good, then you think I'm doing good. And so it's all about me. And so that's self-righteous. And kids don't want nothing to do with it. That's why they're not sitting here. That's why they don't run to us. That's why they don't come 
They don't want anything to do with making us a better person. They want us to say how good of a person they are. They want us to say how pleased we are with them like Jesus did when his father said, I'm pleased with him. This is my son. Listen to what he's saying. That's what our kids want. I told my daughter yesterday, I said, I'll drop everything for Thanksgiving, whatever, and come up there. I'll be with you because you're worth it to me. You're, you're worth it to me, Michelle. You're worth it to me. Like Pastor Benny did when his wife left and his daughter went crazy and all of this stuff, and he went in the bar. He said, you know, he got all kind of hell for that, all kind of persecution. But how long? God said in Romans 8, 38, nothing's going to separate me from the love of God. Nothing's going to separate me from the love that I have for my children. And if they need me, I'm going to go. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. We destroy the python spirit. We destroy controlling spirits. We destroy self-righteous spirits that think that we're better than anybody else, that think that we have more, think that we know more. I don't know anything. I'm like Paul. I still need to know him. After Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he said, I got to know him. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know him enough. Lord, help us to stay small in our own eyes. Help us to quit. You know what's really been, well, let me just expose a little song. My son played the drums here, I guess, 18 years. And when he came home, someone said to me, I understand he's your son, but some of the congregation got mad about it because he was playing that day. So how fast do we forget someone's faithfulness? How do we pray and say, ah, Lord, we, we want our kids sold out. We want them sold out. And when they walk in the door, if it, if it does something that we don't get to be seen, then we're a little mad about it, a little angry about it. And I ain't going to play today because I don't know if I know how to play with him. And what's he doing up there anyway? That's the possible. Oh, that's her kid. That's why every one of y'all, when you come back in, I say, sing play, preach, prophesy, get on the guitar, every one of you. None of you are stopped. None of you are limited. And so my children aren't limited either. And that's what God did to me when I walked back into church eight years later when a friend of mine said, your mama's preaching over here at this church. And I hadn't heard her preach or anything in eight years. And I don't know about y'all's mama, but when my mama cooked turkey, she wasn't in there prophesying. You know, I saw her cooking turkey. I didn't see how God was using her life. And when I walked in and they're moving everything out of the way and people's flying across the room and falling out, I was in shock. So let's shock our kids when they come back. Let them see growth. Let them see something different about us. And so I'm, standing, I'm sitting in that pew, you know. I only went to protect her anyway from the next one that wanted to throw her out. So I'm sitting there, and Laura said, went to the altar and told somebody to come get me. And I was mad at her. So maybe you're here today, and you, you feel a little mad. I was mad. I didn't want nothing to do with church people. To the point that I would have no refrigerator. And only one person from that ministry I got saved in and got 
peeled in it. I got the Holy Ghost in it. All my children were baptized in it. I got married in it. Only one person, when I left, come to see me. Months later, she said, I want to give you an offering. I said, I can't take that. I'm not even saved. She said, you're going to, is Diane McDougall, she said, you're going to cheat me out of my blessing for Tommy Jason. I said, yes, ma'am, but I've never forgot her for that because she loved me when I wasn't lovable. But I would see the rest of them in Walmart, and they didn't even know me. They didn't speak. And I'm like, how can you go to church with people and don't know them out uptown? <laughs> I don't. That's that Pharisee I'm talking about. That's self-righteous. That's arrogant. And so I'm standing there, and Pastor Pinson's down there, and she's praying. She wasn't a pastor then. She's praying for people. And fire started going up my legs. She's like four people down. I ain't prayed in eight years. I have not prayed. I'm gambling. I'm going to the boat. I'm fornicating. Fire come up my legs. And that fire, when it got about above my knees, tongues come out of my mouth. Tongues. That hit religion. Tongues come out of my mouth. God, God, then forgiveness. God, forgive me. God, help me. Because I felt the fire of God, and it burnt all of that out of me and all that and it took me months to get over the hurt what religion did to me I had to sit and be hugged and loved on for months for what religion did to me how they treated her how my grandchildren would come to church and my ex-mother-in-law wouldn't let them say hi to their grandma but she's a deaconess God, help us. What are we doing to people, God? What are we doing when we're sitting in our churches and our four walls and we're, 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 what are we doing? Are we loving? Are we loving? When someone comes in and they're sitting in the back, are we up here in our little crowds or are we going back there and hugging their neck? Take us out of that, God. Take us out of that con comfortable state and, and get us out of our four walls when my brothers drove an hour and a half just to feel God's presence and he walked in the prayer center and he said the hair on my arms are sticking up Do you, is this where y'all pray all the time because and then he starts singing from his toes he starts singing praises to the Lord from his toes because he doesn't get to experience what we get to experience every day he don't get to go to places that he gets to enjoy God's presence and God we enjoy in your presence today God and we want to know you Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.